This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. Overall, how are you doing and how is the Department of Health doing, do you think? Wayne, thank you for asking. Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, I start work at 7 and end at 8.30 at night, so that's different for me. Yeah. And it's seven days a week right now, but, you know, it's a pandemic, so, you know, when, it, when your patient's sick, you stand by the bedside, and that's what I'm doing. I think um, the department as a whole is doing really well. Um, I was talking to someone about this last night, you know, I don't really know how an organizational culture gets built, um, but we have a really good organizational culture. I was really amazed at how when this started unfolding, you know, about 67 days ago since patient one, yeah, we didn't have to ask a lot of people to volunteer or come forward. They just sort of did. And I mean, people in the department, and it was interesting because people just rapidly got that, wow, this is going to change everything we need to change how we how we function and, and people just realize what else do you need me to do and so you know we have a healthy organizational culture and i give the director and the deputy director you know director auger scott and alana vice a lot of credit for building the healthy organizational culture where there's a spirit of we're all in this together and we're here to protect our public and take care of our public so you know it, it's a fun place to work even during a difficult time uh, there's just really good people and good people make great work how does the, the meeting structure work so that everyone well, is on the same page type thing? Yes. Well, for me, I'm part of a leadership meeting every day at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're in that leadership meeting. There's a lot of people just at Department of Health getting together, and we're just sort of understanding what happened overnight and the day before and just really hearing about the current epidemiology, and then we're really understanding um, what are the problems that face us today. Um, so it's it's kind of like every day starts with the impossible and ends with the, oh, I can't believe we got that done. Um, and then my next big meeting is 4 o'clock in the afternoon that I have every day, which is another leadership meeting, which we're going to debriefing about what happened during the day. We go through more of the epidemiology and then what problems didn't get solved. In between, there's just meeting after meeting. And it's interesting, Wayne, because every day I just start with two meetings, and yet every day my calendar gets completely packed um, with all kinds of meetings with all kinds of stakeholders and every day is really, really challenging and every day is really, really different. And I can only tell you that every day is predictably unpredictable um, because it's a dynamic pandemic and there's there's just so much to learn every day. You say leadership team, that's you, that's uh, Nicole and, and on down, is that correct? Yeah, it's all Department of Health leadership, it's all division directors, a lot of epidemiology people, a lot of folks in the lab, all the medical directors. Um, there's, you know, there's about 35 of us who, who sort of from Department of Health just kind of run both ends of this every day. And then there's a larger everyday army supporting that every day as well. And I, I don't mean just army. I mean, like, literally the army because we connect to the National Guard every day, too. Um, and that's been a welcome partnership. I, you know, I really I don't know where we would be without the National Guard. It's really been amazing to me how helpful they've been and just um willing to do everything we've asked them, and they've just been really good partners, and they've just been amazing to work with. Now, you have two leadership team meetings, you said 10, and then again at 4. 4, um, yeah. Are they virtual meetings, or how are they conducted? Oh, all the meetings are virtual. Yeah. In fact, I only come into the department on Sundays and Wednesdays now. I, I come in on Sundays because I do the press conference, so I'm going to be here for that anyway, so I come in in the yeah. morning get ready for that. I came in on Wednesdays because... I want to get check in with the people that I heard during midweek, but I we run um, a conference call 
at 12.30 in the afternoon for all the um, healthcare providers in the state. We call it the pandemic update for providers or the pup call. And, you know, we'll have like a thousand providers on this call. And so I need to be here to actually run the call. You know, I could do it from home, but when there's a thousand people, I don't want to keep anybody on hold. Um, so I feel better just being here in person and running that call. Okay. So that's when I'm here Sundays and Wednesdays. The other days at home, and it's it's since I'm working seven days a week now, it's kind of nice to be home. To tell you the truth, I get a lot more done. And um, I, you know, you know, when I'm passing in the hallway, I'm seeing my kids, which is nice. Not that the coworkers aren't nice, but first saying hello to my wife and kids, you know. This is kind of a stupid journalist question, but did you ever expect to be living through and helping to manage healthcare in a pandemic? Oh, no, 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 not at all. In fact, um, you know, when SARS happened and MERS happened, to me, they were news stories. And in, in retrospect, we were really fortunate they didn't turn into pandemics. What's interesting about SARS-CoV-2 is why it turned into a pandemic is because the virus was so much more transmissible, but had more had enough more mortality and morbidity that by putting enough people in a hospital and by taking enough lives, it really has the potential to overwhelm healthcare systems. And that's part of why it was perfectly suited to be this destructive pandemic uh, that we're dealing with. Um, but I never, in my wildest uh, nightmares, imagined I'd be dealing with a pandemic. You were on that Navajo reservation. I was in I was in Chinle, Arizona, on the Navajo reservation. Chinle is right in the heart of the Navajo reservation. Yeah, is that where is that the the hot zone I was reading about in the Times this week? Yeah, yeah, I've been reading about the Navajo reservation. They're having an awful, they're having an awful hard time with it. You know, I think part of why the part of why the pandemic is hitting so hard on the reservation is, um, you know, one is um, I have traveled the world, um, I have seen the world. I, I have to tell you that the abject poverty on the reservation um, is profound, and I think um, you know it's hard to believe this is still the United States, but. You know, running water isn't a given. Um, uh, you know, a bathroom isn't a given. And um, people living in really, really close quarters is very common. And it puts people in a really challenging situation. But it, it's impossible to tell someone to wash their hands when they don't have running water. Um, and so it's really been a problem on the reservation. And, and, you know, my heart breaks over that because these are these are good people. And it's just sad what's going on out there. Final question, any sort of overriding or, or general message you want realizing that a lot of people will read and listen to this? You know, I, I think about the Rhode Island story like a story. I mean, we are living in a story right now and, you know, it, it's not like it's finding Nemo and I'm, I'm not saying it's the odyssey, but we're in our story and we're all writing our story. And, and part of what I'm just trying to communicate to everybody is, we're all authors of this story and we're writing our story and we have to figure out what our part in the story is. And I think it's just for everyone to figure out when you do your character development and you think about who you want to be in this story is I think you have to ask, who do I really want to be in the Rhode Island story? And so am I going to be someone who helps prevent the pandemic from getting worse? Am I going to be someone who promotes the health and wellness of others around me? Is that who I'm going to be? Cause I think when you look at character development and just character in general, that's what we all are should be aspiring to be. That's where we want to be in our story here. And I just think as the Rhode Island story continues to unfold, I don't know the end of the story yet. I'm, I'm optimistic we're going to have a happy ending, um, but it's, it's not a given, and we all need to do our part 
in this story to make it a happy ending. Thanks, Jim. You're welcome, Wayne.